You're listening to Cards to the Moon, a podcast about trading cards from both a collector and investor perspective. We hope you'll stick around for the ride as we take a deep dive into the state of the hobby, share some hot takes, hopefully some useful advice and fun stories along the way. All right, we're back for episode two of Cards to the Moon. I'm Clark from Five Card Guys, and joining me again is Hyung and John. How's it going, guys? What's up, guys? What's up? Good for you guys to join us again. Um, so just want to quickly ask, did you guys see the fight between Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather? I personally didn't. I was too uh, gazed upon the, the, the Charizard that he, he brought in, right? <laughs> I'm just glad it was a pen. You know, that thing's a pop three right there. So it was good for it was good PR for, for uh, BGS. So it was, it was fun to watch. Yeah. What would yeah. you think, John? I, I saw it. I mean, it was, it was typical Mayweather um, avoiding hits the entire time. But mm-hmm. originally, it was funny, the, the fight was going on and you can tell it was going to end in a, in that fashion. Like they were going to knock each other out. And right. at first I was, I was pretty pissed off. I was more pissed off at Mayweather. Cause I was like, yo, this guy's a pro. Yeah. Like just show up Jake Paul and just knock him out. Like you, he's clearly tired. Just knock him out. Yeah. Logan Paul. Or sorry, Logan Paul. Um, and then I, and I realized at the end, I'm like, these guys are, are marketing geniuses, man. Like if he were to knock out Logan Paul, there's mm-hmm. no part two. Like it was like end of debate. Right. Logan Paul is this amateur, like his his story is over right here. And mm-hmm. I, I realized, man, these guys, are kind of, I feel like they're just doing this on purpose to set up something else. Like whether Logan Paul fights somebody else or they have like a round two, like yeah. like that, that, that gravy has got to continue going. But if Logan Paul were to have lost, uh, I don't think that, that, you know, the, the right, storyline right, would right. have been there. Right. So I, I, I realized after the fact, I'm like, okay, these guys clearly are it's it's more of a marketing play more than anything so i mean that's what i kind of concluded on okay makes sense to me i didn't see the fight myself i but i did see like on twitter all the photos of logan paul with his charizard bgs 10 (laughs) as well and honestly at first i thought it was photoshopped like i couldn't believe what else (laughs) what i was seeing but um it was pretty funny even after the the i guess the press conference after the fight one of the reporters asked him about what he was wearing around his neck, and he was just flexing. He was like proud of his BGS ten <laughs> Charizard. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! So, so that was kind of cool. Yeah. Let's get into our first segment: hobby headlines. And today, uh, we're going to take a deep dive into the world of grading. So, I guess before we get into deep discussion, let me give a quick Cole's note of the current situation for those who aren't familiar with grading. Um, In a nutshell, there are several third-party grading companies that determine the condition of your card. And the higher the grade, the more valuable your card can become. And as you guys know, we're talking exponentially more valuable for some of these cards, right? Now with the boom of the hobby, collectors and card investors are realizing it's worth it to send their cards to graders to maximize their value, even like the most common base cards. Uh, So long story short, there's been a huge backlog of cards to be graded resulting in, you know, turnaround times of several months, even over a year in some cases, which has led to our current situation with PSA, arguably the number one grading company, uh, suspending pretty much all of their grading services just to catch up on the backlog. And I believe they raised their prices for all their other services too. And we just heard, of course, we touched upon it a bit in our last episode, Beckett Grading Services or BGS also recently suspended their services for similar reasons to catch up on their backlog. 
the question is then, what are you doing now as a collector with your raw cards? I believe I believe PSA is uh, is caught up with their grading now. I think I think that's the case, but uh, yeah, it's it's a tough situation to, for raw cards because you know I used to be a, a person that submitted you know a bunch of raw cards because it was affordable and you know the the turnaround times were reasonable. But now I think the game is changing, you know. So I'm I'm just uh, you know not submitting right now. Uh, I mean, there's options, but even BGS BGS would be my next option, and then mm-hmm. I guess the third option would be. You know, is is it worth SCG or you know HGA SGC. or SGC? Right. Sorry, yeah, yeah. For for myself, I, I think we're we're just going to be holding, um, just wait it out to see what happens. I think everybody seemingly is still holding out on PSA to wait for them to mm-hmm. open up to, to sort of let the cookies start to crumble from there. But yeah, for myself, I'm not sending in anything raw. Obviously only things worth sending in are the are the the express right so you, if, if you got something that really is that valuable that you're willing to pay fork over 300 right. bucks or whatever the cost is uh so yeah I'm, I'm i'm in a bit of a holding pattern as well okay yeah you're right Xiong. you mentioned i think psa did announce recently that they caught up on their backlog but they're still not accepting new cards except for the express level services right 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 like johnny yeah. mentioned with 300 bucks so but I think they're trying to resume services July 1st, I think is their uh, target date. So even when they do resume on July 1st, uh, with their prices increased, and who knows what they're going to do with their different pricing tiers, like they might change that again. Or do you think it's worth sending raw cards, even base cards, to P- PSA now? Like, do you think the game's shifted that much where you have to be more selective? in what cards you're sending to PSA or to any grading company. 100%. I mean, you know, it, it takes out all the equation of what's worth it and what's not mm. worth it, right? Like a lot of those base cards, especially the paper now, you know, I don't think it's worth, uh, you know, um, the, even the grading fee at some point, right? So I know, um, yeah, it's just a, a lot lot more difficult to, like John said, it's it's better off to just send, you know, express if you do have a, you know, higher end uh, card, maybe you uh, pulled it in a break or, you know, right. or, or whatever, bought it raw, you could send it express. So that option's always available, but I don't think it's worth uh, sending in the base cards anymore. Right. You think it's because the grading fees are increasing or do you think the PSA graded base cards won't just yield that, that kind of return anymore like it did even in... The boom of the hobby earlier this year yeah it's a supply demand you know um like more you can't submit i remember when when i when i did submit like i think i submitted like 60 or 70 tatis you know mm. um and i got in the bulk kind of like submission at like 20 bucks i think a pop but you know it's it's tough to do that now even with uh someone like tatis because um well tatis is a little different because i think he's still worth it but you know, if anything, PSA 8s, you know, you're better off, you know, just holding right. or selling the card raw at that point. And, you know, um, I don't I don't think people understand it's not easy to get a 10. Like, I think everybody thinks like, oh, I got a raw mm-hmm. card, you know, I bought it off eBay and, you know, I'm going to I'm going to send this and get, you know, all these 10s. And they don't realize, you know, there's probably selling the raw card for a reason, you know, at the end of the day. So. It's, right. it's something that, you know, you got to really question yourself when 
when shopping the raw market. Sure. Mm-hmm. To that point, Hyung, like whenever I see a raw card on eBay, I always look at the seller. And if the guy has a lot of stars, like a lot of feedback, and you could tell this guy's a vet and he's posting a raw card, <laughs> I automatically think there's something fishy with the card. <laughs> John, John knows tip. that. We always talk about oh, do you? that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So there's truth in that, huh? You yeah. think? 100%. There's, there's ways, you know, obviously, it's no secret, but there's ways to sort of increase the odds of your raw card being a little bit better. You look at the guy's profile, you look at the other items he's selling, and if historically he only sells raw cards, then right. you probably have a, a decent chance at a, a pretty solid raw card, right? So there's little like little ways you can do although, to, to... Although I did buy an Acuna Sapphire raw for two grand. Raw. Yeah. That that that's and that's it, even and, and at PSA ten. So Wow. You know what? Crazy. Like on, on the flip side, um, you know, and that it was totally worth it, right? So yeah. um and I've I've purchased um also uh, uh that hero courtside silver that I purchased raw. And I was just like, there's no way purchase it. It, mm. it, was, it was from Korea, actually, a buyer in, or a seller in Korea. So I'm like, there's no way it's making all the way here. And I'm going to submit it. And it's, <laughs> it turn, comes back a 10. And sure enough, last week, you know, I, I ended up uh, getting a PSA 10. So sometimes yeah, raw does sick. pay off, but I just, I just don't like the odds. <laughs> <laughs> but no risk, no reward, right? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be uh, going back to your question though. It'd be interesting how this landscape shapes shakes out because as the market is, you know, I mean, let's call a spade a spade. The market is is in a crash crash period right now, which is okay. Um, mm-hmm. But with this crash period, it's clear that people are sort of backing away from the base game and kind of sticking their money into number game. So as base gets peeled off, and mm-hmm. as if PSA ends up, you know, when they come back to business and they end up sticking to like the hundred dollar price point for like an entry. You know, future pop like twenty twenty one flagship baseball, like the pop report's gonna be low because people aren't gonna be sending in paper flagship of Kalenic and paper flagship of Cabrian Hayes. Right. Like those cards aren't gonna go in there. So there's yeah, yeah. gonna be a pop PSA ten pop after a full year, maybe like three hundred. I don't know, right? So mm. maybe in that point, you know, a PSA ten flagship Cabrian Hayes. It'll go up because the population is low, and then right. at that point, if the the if, if PSA ten is worth three hundred dollars, obviously then the economics of the whole game starts to make sense again, and you start submitting. Right. We'll see what happens. It, it's it's a there's a multiple dynamics happening right now with, you know, like the the base people pulling away from the base game and PSA coming back to service and their pricing, and it'll be right. interesting how this all shakes out. For sure, for sure. Just another question for you guys. Then we talked about. Another alternative is to submit to other grading companies other than PSA or BGS. For you guys, what will it take for you to send it to a company like SGC? I I thought about it, you know, as an alternative. And, you know, at the end of the day, I have to ask myself, what am I doing this for? And, um, you know, sometimes it's... a you know, PC item, or sometimes it's uh, an investment item, right? So, mm. uh, if if that's the case, if it's if it's on the investment side, I'm I'm sticking with the two personally. Um, yeah. You know, PSA and BGS. Um, I think there's extreme value in BGS, in my opinion, of the two, just because there's such a price discrepancy between a a gem mint, uh, you know, a nine and a half, and right. a PSA ten, right? In in terms of price, so. 
So yeah, I, I mean, I thought about um, submitting to uh, other other companies, but um, but yeah, it's it's tough for me because you know the the value the value doesn't hold, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what I need from an investment standpoint. Or if I want to, you know, be able to uh, trade in my card or flip my card uh, for a profit, I need to you know maximize my revenues in terms of a PC card. You know, I like the new you know, colorful slabs that like HGA is making, for instance. Sure. And uh, we talked about, uh, I believe there's other, other companies up and coming that are, you know, producing some slabs uh, now that aren't, I, I believe that aren't graded and they're more like color match, for instance. And oh, okay. I think that's, that's, that's interesting too, as an alternative uh, for PC yeah. items. Um, because really you don't care at that point if you're, you know, if, if, if you're kind of locking it in the safe, right? So right. I think it, it, it all depends uh, for me. Uh, but you, Johnny? Yeah. I mean, I'm the same way. I I, I drank the PSA Kool-Aid. Even <laughs> even for my PC cards, I love seeing the PSA 10. <laughs> I, you know, like it, I'm, I've bought into the hype. So even yeah. when I think about wanting to send some personal items to SGC, I mean, I feel bad for SGC. Like, they took a huge hit in the last 12 months as new people came in. Like, yeah, their, their company grades really well. Like, you, you could very much argue that their grading scale, the way they grade, how tough they are, is mm-hmm. on par with the big boys. Uh, it's just too bad that the, from an investment standpoint, that's really what most people care about right now. Yeah. Uh, the the value is just not there. So it's really tough to send in cards to, to SGC. But it, I will say it'll be interesting because... I mean, PSA's head on show just came out this past week and said, kind of, you know, responded to a whole bunch of questions that I think a lot of people are having. And he, he in one of his statements, he said, uh, they still grade the exact same way, like nothing has changed. Mm. But I think it's pretty clear when you watch YouTube videos and you watch people getting their submissions back that, I mean, to me, it looks like the grading has toughened up considerably. There's a yeah. lot more nines uh, flooding the market. So it'll be interesting to see you know, with PSA grading a lot tougher, you know, right. the BGS 9.5, you know, a lot of people use BGS because you feel like, okay, if it's a 9 on a PSA, I feel like mm-hmm. I can get that 9.5 in BGS. I've got right, that right. chance. So this might open up some some doors for BGS to kind of make a small, you know, a small comeback. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how this, this shakes out. Like I was saying before, like Everybody here is sort of like in this sort of standstill waiting game. And even mm-hmm. from the grading perspective, we're sort of in this waiting game to see what exactly happens with these companies. Sure. What happens to their brand value? What happens to the your investments? And, you know, so. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, personally, I like, and this might just be me, but I like the look of BGS 95s better than PSA 10s. But I recognize You're the crazy, value. Clark. You're crazy, Clark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't be. I can't do it, man. I can't be the only one. Come on. No, man. I'm a, <laughs> I'm, I'm a collector. It just looks more sturdy. I'll give it that. Like, I, I do like the, the, the solid glass feel because that's what I like about one touches like that. that. I love it. I, I love it. I love that. But I, <laughs> as a, I'm a collector first and foremost, more than an investor. And I, I hate mm-hmm. looking at 9.5. I hate 9.5. I, I, <laughs> okay, I want to see that. 10. <laughs> I will say that SGC slabs are like, they, they are underrated. Like, I, I don't want to sound like, you know, like I think, I think they do a great job. Um, I mm-hmm. think their slabs look phenomenal. I just see how the market reacts. Yeah, it's clean. Yeah. I I look at I know Sports Card Investor kind of did a inside take on SGC. They kind of took took right. you through a tour and stuff, and you could tell their branding is you know uh, 
is on point. You know, everything is they're doing everything right. And I think Mm -hmm. the power of the PSA brand is just so overpowering and that it just gets overlooked. Right. To me, it's like you look at a pre 2018 PSA slab. They're ugly. Like they're so ugly. Right. And um, sometimes BGS slabs aren't the best looking as well, uh, to be honest. But I do agree, Clark, um, that BGS does have this uh, more sturdy feel or I I guess a luxe feel to it, Mm. like how a slab should be. That's my only downside with PSA. But yeah. yeah. So for me, I actually thought about sending things to SGC because primarily because of the turnaround times. Even when PSA gets started, like who knows how long it'll take for you or me or anyone submitting to get their cards back. I think they're still going to have to work things out. And I think I saw somewhere, it might've been on Twitter where they compared certain values of graded cards from different companies. So for example, uh, SGC 10 might be about 60, 70, maybe 80% of a PSA 10 of that same card. Mm -hmm. So you do get less value of the same card, even if you, get a SGC 10 grade, right? Compared to a PSA 10. But if you can get the SGC 10 card back to you sooner, like within a month as they, I think they have a faster guarantee time. Can you think of a scenario where I'm investing in, for example, Tyler Hero, I want it graded quickly so I can flip it quickly, even if it's going to get me 70% of what the PSA 10 value might be. Because that eliminates certain level of risk, right? Like if I got the card back a year later and we see what Tyler Hero has done in the past year, it's obviously value has decreased since last year's playoff, right? So you kind of, I think for me, it really depends on what the card is and how quickly I want to flip, even if I get less value for it. Right, makes sense. So yeah, I think that, I think I might submit some of my cards to SGC just to see just to see, you know, what I can get for it quickly. I will say this. I think the 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 what they were saying was uh, that the quality control that people are submitting, they're just submitting a lot more cards, like without really, you know, doing their due diligence in terms of how it looks, right? So you mm-hmm. have a lot of new people coming into the hobby, and then they they just submit whatever card without really going through it, and you're seeing a lot you know, lower gem rates, right? It, does that mean PSA standards have changed or has the standard of the regular people submitting, you know, have they been less pickier, let's just say, right, right. at what they're submitting, right? Especially at that bulk price. At, at one point, I think there was bulk pricing and the hobby was getting hot. People were so, the people are sending off every single card possible, right? Like I, yeah. I think, I think one of my buddies, uh, uh, I think, yeah, one of one of our buddies uh, sent in uh, uh, his cousin's um, hockey card, you know, just to get it graded, right? So it's like when you're in in that kind of uh, price range, you're just sending whatever whatever mm-hmm. in to get graded, right? So, uh, the, yeah, the price the 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 price will is changed now. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think the problem, my personal problem with SGC, I I'm with you guys. Like I I like the tuxedo look. I am a fan. But when I when I've you know when I first started paying attention again to like the hobby and 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 prices and and eBay and all that, 
I mean, SGC was starting to climb back in, you know, let's say March of 2020 when COVID was popping off. Mm-hmm. And I think BGS was right around the sort of like 75% to the PSA 10 value mark, BGS 9.5. SGC started to climb from what I noticed up- upwards of 60%. So they're actually doing really well in terms of branding. Right. Now, you know, speaking present day, man, I'm seeing some SGC values at like 30% of PSA 10, 25% of PSA oh, 10. Oh, really? That low? Yeah, it's it's low, man. Like some, And I mean, if yeah. you try to price it high, I'm sure it's really hard to move it, right? right? So that's the part that's difficult now is, yeah, there's opportunity to get the card back real quick. But you, you got to really analyze, let's say, Lamelo Ball, you know, if you want to put it right now, there's an opportunity because if you're going to pr- put in a Lamelo Ball prism, it's going to cost you 300 bucks. It's going to mm. come back. You probably sell it at 800. As you see, I don't know, you know, Clark, you might know better, but I don't know what the turnaround time is. 20, 30 business days. Right. Yeah. You submit it. $30 US. Get it back. You could probably sell for 250, 300, uh, maybe 400. And then the profit margin might be very similar. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you're wrong, but right now probably the opportunities are in new products that are hot, yeah. that are hype. Uh, some of the older stuff, it's 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 tough, man. I, I really want to see SGC's value kind of come up before I, for for me personally, before I make a move. Yeah, for sure, that's a fair point. Like you got to at the end of the day, you got to do your research, right? You got to see what what the comps are, you know, with the SGC 10 versus the PSA 10, and if it's close enough. And like you mentioned, you factor in the grading costs. Like if you can save 270 bucks just from grading and you factor that into your final sale price, you got to do the math too, right? So right. do your research, do the math. If it makes sense, I say go for it. It's a good formula right there. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say this though, uh, before we get into the next topic, you know, we talked about in our last episode, whether the soft sports car market is at the beginning of some kind of implosion or whether it's a strong market correction. I think we all agreed that it's a market correction or we're certainly really hoping that's the case. <laughs> but I think the fact that there's this backlog in grading and there's still this high demand for collectors wanting their cards graded, just for me, it shows that that it's a market correction, that there's still demand for sports cards, right? A- so Absolutely. Mm-hmm. There's, there's always going to be a market because... If you think about it, you got Vegas with Las yeah. Vegas, I'm saying sports betting, you know, mm-hmm. you got um, an era of sports and entertainment and social media, right? Like to right. me, that's, that's all you need really. And you have, you have the, the, I guess the amount of people that are the demand the, the that's needed, right? The, the market cap. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's increasing. There's, there's more and more people. And that's why, you know, I always, you know, harp on the the rare cards the low pop the low pop cards you know go after those and you know you're laughing because you know the supply and demand will always be there for those right absolutely i I don't know if you guys saw like uh jeff uh jeff wilson's latest sports card uh sports card collector youtube clip but he 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 did a little snippet at the beginning talking about uh, what he felt about the current market correction slash crash, mm-hmm. he made he made an amazing point. What he was saying when he was at the Dallas Card Show of, you know, everybody talking the the biggest conversation around everybody he heard or like, you know, opening his ear up. It was all all about the market crash or the market correction. What mm. they everyone's opinion was. It's because of this. It's because of that. It's because of PSA grading. It's because of you know every reason we've all heard. And Jeff made a great point, and he said. You know, I think one of the biggest reasons, and this is a human element of this, is it's it's the fear. 
it's literally all the talking heads, all you guys talking about it, about right. the uncertainty, where it's going, prices are going down, and nobody is making a move. No one wants to hold the bag. Everybody's scared. Everybody's, we've we got a, a slew of fearful collectors and investors. And in turn, that, that, you know, that makes for a soft market, right? So I, I, he, that was an excellent point by, by Jeff and a good, I, I thought it was a great observation. Yeah, I can see that for sure. And that's why it's important to, you know, like, remember, always collect what you love at the end of the day. Yeah. Right. You know, 100%, like, I think yeah. you get yourself into trouble when you start, you know, chasing for the latest and greatest. And you think this mm-hmm. is a money making uh, thing instead of actually doing like homework and be like, you know, this is, you know, something that I'm really going after. And it's not like buying every single card in sight. Right. Like you're you're literally, you know, targeting cards. You're doing research on a card. You're seeing how, you know, rare it is. You're seeing, you know, potentially if like what game that was, you know, yeah. um, stuff like that, where like, for instance, the Acuna bat down like that. His first flagship is his Series 2 card. And that image is all his update image, I guess, uh, is from basically his first at bat his first swing so Mm -hmm. like to me that's cool as a collector and the true hobbyists know you know they've been you know ask ask the true hobbyists who've been you know around before the the whole market boom you know and they'll tell you it's 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 nothing we've seen before we haven't seen before you know and it's just at a bigger scale because there's so much investment alternative investment money coming in you know, in, in the market, right? And there was a a point in time where, you know, Wall or Wall Street or you know portfolios were were coming in. And we're just like, what is going right. on, right? So yeah, I yeah, still yeah. think there's a there's a there's a bright future because you know it's sports and entertainment. Like, mm-hmm. if as long mm-hmm. as you know you have sports and entertainment, and then you have Las Vegas, what more do you need for a supply and demand? you know, a thing like a sports cards, right? Especially when mm-hmm. it was like Gary V talks about, you know, things kind of repeat itself, you know, the we our kids are now growing up and starting to, you know, cards are getting exactly. yeah. and you want to collect you want to do that with your kids and, and stuff like that, right? So it's something that's kind of on repeat. And I think uh, with the future of technology, and you know, specifically Ethereum, cryptocurrency, I think they're going to go hand in hand one day, who knows what it's going to look like, though. Right. So yeah. that's, yeah, that's just my two cents on that. Yeah. It'll definitely be interesting to see. But I love your point about collecting what you love. Like, you can't go wrong when you do that. And I, I do that personally for 99% of the mm-hmm. time. The yes, 1% sir. was when I was chasing Manuel Margot. That didn't work <laughs> out for me. <laughs> we, all, we all have one. Gregory Polanco, that didn't work out for me. So I learned my lesson. Collect what you love. (laughs) All right. That might be a good spot to go into our next segment. We did this last week, and we'll do it again this week. It's called Fast Five. So for those who missed Fast Five last week, we're just going to go through five players, and then I'll ask if you're going to buy, if you're going to sell, or if you're going to hold on any of these players all right so first player on the fast five today is tyler hero i mean last nba playoffs he was the man right like when the miami heat went all the way to the nba championship a lot of us including myself invested in tyler hero i had a silver prism which i flipped and i now i have a green prism 
that I sent off to PSA. I'm still waiting for that one, so that might not turn out so great. <laughs> but um, that's what I was talking about, SGC. If I could get a quick turnaround and I flipped it a few months ago, that would have been amazing. But yeah, what do you guys think about Tyler Hero? I'm a buy. Um, I, I've been buying Tyler Hero. Um, I just believe in you know the kid, uh, his talent, and I think... Um, you know, you look at, you know, uh, just a, a young, you know, in 20, he's 21 now, two years in the mm-hmm. league. I, people say that he had a down year this year, which, yeah, he, he was inconsistent. But at the end of the day, look at any comparable second year stat, you know. You look at Tatum's second year, his first year, mm-hmm. second year, similar progression, right? So for me, it's still, it's still young, right? He's still young. He's marketable. Uh, he has mm-hmm. a big following on social media. I think there's a lot of upside. His prices were already high, so it's definitely not a sell. It's a buy for me. Oh man, I I think overall I'm a buy. I'm I'm a little I I, I love Hero. I mean, Hyung and I talked about I, I've I followed Hero since since uh, high school, and you know, like just watching his game, I, I knew right from the beginning. I'm like, this guy, he's a killer, and um, I believe in the talent. The guy was like a monster gym rat. I think that's what made Jimmy Butler like him so much in that that first first year last year during the co the covid run mm-hmm. but this year man like i don't know if like everybody knows this but um he had like a huge off-court distraction like he i mean first of all he he got he hooked up with that instagram model and i heard i heard that he started to focus uh so much on his growing his own brand growing his name growing his social media accounts that it started to really become a distraction to the point where teammates had to have sit downs with them, and also the management had to have like, they called him up to like the head office to talk to him to kind of like straighten him up. So I still believe in Hero. I still think he's a buy. I'm just a little, you know, I, I gotta I gotta see him grow up a bit and and make sure that Jim Rat, the Jim Rat of him, the the guy who loves basketball, kind of comes back into the fold. Good points. I am going to say sell. Yeah, I I. I the off court stuff and I know they're all rumors or you know they're you know I don't know what's true and what's not and anyone could write anything about him that's but true I want to see him prove himself and then I'll buy in even if it's at a slight premium so that's me and I bought hero early too I love to swag you know we're talking about basketball players with swag like they have value because they're so marketable right, right. and yeah. Tyler hero is definitely that guy i know i think he signed a nike deal early on too and that's probably another contributing factor of things getting to his head maybe but um yeah i want to see him prove it on the court before i go back in with him so sell for me all right second this guy i I was 100 percent wrong about before he started his rookie season this year Lamelo ball like at the beginning i thought everyone's gonna buy and lose their money because there's so much hype going into it but after seeing him on the court, I was wrong about his skills, right? I was wrong about what he can contribute to a young team like the Hornets. So, yeah, what do you guys think of LaMelo Ball? Buy, sell, hold? I would sell um, only because, hmm. you know, I've, I've, I've seen the Zion. I was part of that Zion hype, you know, seeing at release and, you know, seeing yeah. where his prices went and, you know, is it sustainable? And then you factor in all the... You know, how many people are ripping and how many people are breaking, spending money? Because if you hit, you're selling, right? So um, right. I think that was driving prices. And once 
people lose interest, I think prices are going to take a hit again, right? It's just that peak interest, you know, 2021 Prism came out, there was that mm -hmm. hype. Hobby boxes are ridiculous, so no one's ripping, but I believe, um, right. you know, at, when people get them graded, uh, Lamello graded, and I think his prices are going to take a little, little dip before they, you know, go back up as he progresses in his career. The talent is there, no doubt, 100%. Mm -hmm. I just think it's a bad time to buy right now just because, uh, yeah, you're in the middle of peak season for uh, Prism release, so I'm a sell. 100% agree. Uh, on both counts, actually, Clark, like, I I'm with you, man. Like, watching LaMelo since high school, I really didn't think, number one, I didn't. I wasn't even sure if this guy would get drafted, that he right. was getting projected to be really high. And I was like, no, that's a huge mistake. And he got into the league, and he showed me completely wrong uh, mm. i love lamella ball for the future but i don't touch anything first year hype you know the, the prices right. are way too wild especially in basketball sure. so 100 percent a sell uh, i'll probably get into lamello sometime next late next year but right now it's for sure a sell yeah and i think i'm in the same boat the prices are still a bit high and it's um you know he's only been in the league one year but Man, I'm tempted. I'm tempted to buy. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been guilty of it. Oh well, yeah, man. <laughs> what what's his what's his what's his base selling for right now? PSA ten. Eight eight nine hundred maybe. Yeah, way too high. Like yeah. to me, it's, it's, it's like it's come on, as, you're you're talking Luca. Like yeah. you know what I mean? It's like sure. It's it's way way too inflated in my opinion, and the pop pop count is way low because. And that's mm. what they're using, right? Uh, low pop, right? It's pop 20. Wait until it's like pop 10,000. Well, I don't think it'll be that high, but like, you know, um, yeah, it's just it's just too high in my opinion. There's a lot more better buys. Yeah, definitely agree with you on the base cards. But if there's a higher end Lamella ball, I don't know if this is even a reality, like a couple thousand, three thousand. I don't know, maybe. Maybe it's a long-term hold. <laughs> yeah, the prism, prism, prism numbered, I, I think, you know, it's 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 a. It, I would say it's it, it wouldn't be a gamble. It would be like, do you really believe in the kid at that point, right? That's yeah. that's yeah. what. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with those purchases. You know me. You know I I, I love those <laughs> yeah. uh, high end purchases because the prices could, you know, yeah, you know, go anywhere you want it to be at that point, right? It could go crazy for sure. All right, nice. Um, next next player on our fast five is Serena Williams, and I bring her up Ooh. because I think her net pro rookie card went as high as $2,500, 2500 Wow. During the hobby hype, right? When everyone was trying to think of what the next big sport is or next big generational yeah. athlete is. And there's no doubt Serena Williams is one of, if not the best female tennis player in the world. But her card is one of those cards that got caught in the hobby hype. Went from 2500 to, I think last I saw, it sold for $250 for a PSA 10. Even at those prices, do you think you're investing in a card like a Net Pro Serena Williams rookie? Me personally, I think long, long term. I think I think it's a great buy. Um, hmm. I some of her some of her prices are really cheap as well. Well, because to me, it's like yeah, it, the hype was there, and then it's slowly dying down because everything's kind of fizzling out. But you know, the pop reports as time goes on they're not going to change you know you can't you can't and as people say this have the same thinking patterns like hey you know what i'll lock this one in the safe you know she is she is a goat at the end of the day right she's one of the best yeah. tennis players um and what she's accomplished already 
you know, at the age she's accomplished is like so incredible. All the accomplishments that she had. So for me, um, you know, I think long, long term, don't don't buy thinking that you're going to make a ton flipping. You're probably going to lose, to be honest. But I think as time goes on and you see it with all, you know, cards like uh, they, they start fading away. You don't see too many of you know PSA 10 cards even tops chrome lebron james like mm. the pop counts out there but you don't see too many you know available right. right so i think maybe you know fast forward you know a few years when this whole uh kind of craziness dies down i think it might be a a good investment long term yeah i actually tr- i actually checked the historical sales of this card there was I don't know if this is a real sale, but there was at at the peak of the the vintage run in second week of Feb, there was a sale for fourteen and a half k on this card. Wow! And there's wow. a bunch of other sales that hit around seventy five to nine thousand, which is insane. Yeah, it's insane. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I mean I don't I don't know what to feel about this. Serena Serena Williams is going to be one of the all time greatest female tennis. No question, if not already is. Mm-hmm. I just don't know enough about Net Pro. Like, I don't know enough about the product. I don't know the production mm-hmm. runs. I don't know anything about it. So I'm a little weary. It's kind of similar to, uh, I don't know if you guys know, but uh, F1 had a production of, um, it's called Grid. Similar to Net Pro, it's sort of like a boutique card company. And I, I was just looking up like Michael Schumacher, rookie from like, I don't know when it was. It was like 1999 or something like that. But very similar look. It might possibly be the same company. I don't know. But I just don't know about these companies. So I'm a little worried. But from Hyung's point, if if you're the type of investor for long term, if you're not like a flip it now, you know, like take your $250 and you need a quick flip, I don't think Serena's the right move. But long term, you know, spend two $250 on one of the goats and just lock it in a safe. It's it's really not even that much of a risk. It's not that much money. So I, yeah, like I think you know ultimately, you know all that being said, probably a buy depending on what type of investor investor you are. And lastly, if you're a collector, like you gotta like Serena Williams, right? Like if if you if you like Serena Williams, then you can't mm-hmm. go wrong. The price is super low. So um, yeah, yeah. So buy. Yeah, I, I make <laughs> I'm a I'm a I'll say I'm a cautious buy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think I'm a buy too. I love goat players, and like we all agree that she's going to be a goat in the tennis world. And I think like once her legacy is cemented, I don't see it going any lower than what it is now. Like 250 bucks for a PSA 10 Net Pro, and yeah, I, I would imagine yeah. like there weren't many tennis rookie cards of Serena Williams. It's not like right. modern players now where there's five variations of the same card <laughs> same rookie card right there's so, no tie-dye <laughs> <laughs> uh, if there was i would love to have one but it's a buy and i agree with you 100 percent. a buy and hold for long term yeah all right next guy is connor mcdavid and i bring him up because there's not a lot of love for hockey cards in general but news alert we are all canadian boys so hockey is a big thing here for sure but, but connor mcdavid like when I see him play, he's like it's he's like a video game for me, you know, like the way he skates, <laughs> the way he could just it's like, you know, the video hockey games where you press a certain button to to boost. Like I yeah. feel like that's how McDavid <laughs> skates. Yeah. And he's what I just feel like he's one of those generational talents uh, in the NHL. I don't know, does the softer or weaker hockey market scare you off in investing in 
hockey cards, even in a player as great as Connor McDavid. I'm a buy for sure right now. Um, I, I've been telling John, I've been we've been looking for some some Connor McDavid's for me, but um, that's the problem too. Is like there's not too many too many options, right? Like when mm. you when you deal with hockey, you know. I even like when I rip hockey, I just I'm like falling asleep too. But uh, that's one <laughs> one reason why I don't love hockey. But like. Um, right. There's there's not a lot of options, but I do believe that you're running into you know the general ge- generational talent, right? Like you're not gonna you know come across these guys at affordable prices soon. I think he his prices kind of went down a bit, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think buy the dip right now because I don't think prices are gonna get any cheaper because the hockey market is is strong still i think i think it's gonna it's gonna grow too it's it's only gonna go up and you know look at uh one of the you know i know it's a different situation with the gretzky's but you know just uh you know it, it could get up there pricing right so and he's 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 the type of talent that can you know carry over uh through generations and you know kids are gonna remember his name so i i'm a buy 100 percent buy 100 <laughs> percent no question man i think if you ever wanted to get into Connor mcdavid like for those that know don't know that much about hockey i mean like everybody knows Connor mcdavid this guy is a absolute gen- generational talent he's all world he will end his career with i'm sure stanley cups i'm sure multiple trophies uh like hardware so i i'm 100 percent buy it's a perfect storm right now with the market uh, you know, crashing and with Connor McDavid exiting the playoffs the way that it, they they did, and a lot of investors kind of being worried. Oh, maybe this guy is not like Crosby. Maybe he doesn't have that winning gene. Uh, I don't think he knows how to win. I don't think Edmonton's ever gonna win. Like, there's a lot of doubt that's happening. His card dropped, I think, by like a thousand dollars overnight. No way. Yeah. So I think I I, I you know I haven't been you his his young guns. So his young okay. guns was probably at like four forty five hundred. I could be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure literally the next day it started to sell for thirty five, thirty three, thirty two, down to mm. three thousand. It might even have gone sub three thousand right now. So this off season, if there's ever a time to get into yeah. Connor McDavid, one hundred percent. If you ever thought about it, I think this off season is the time. It's just a, such a perfect storm for his card to be at an all time low. Do you think he'll actually win a cup with the Oilers? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> coming from a coming from a Leafs fan, <laughs> like like with with the with the Oilers, they their top two guys. You know what you're getting. Him and yeah. Drysaitel, they produce in the playoffs. They produce. When you look at the team, it was the surrounding pieces, a lot of missing pieces. So they at least they know where to build. They've got the two stars, and they can start to put the pieces. They've got a whole bunch of problems like dead contracts like chase on and like you know um right. like i i can't remember the one guy's name but anyways they got a bunch of dead contracts so i think once they clean that up at least they have there's, there's a a view but for leaf fans man like <laughs> i don't know so <laughs> i think i think edmonton's you know if they're g you know if, if their management does it correctly they're gonna they're gonna definitely win some stanley cups i'm not sure he's gonna win a cup with the oilers to tell you the truth but i don't think it matters like he's such a talent that like you guys were kind of alluding to, like even non-hockey players or non-hockey fans have a good chance of knowing who McDavid is. But the other thing I'm bullish on is with the NHL, I don't know if you guys heard, I think Disney's taking over the NHL broadcast rights Mm. starting this year or next year. And Disney has a good reputation of being able to market 
the sport. Right. So I'm pretty excited to see what Disney will do. And I think if they market right, and especially our American friends, they get into hockey a bit more, then we'll see a definite climb in the hockey card market. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great point, man. Great point. All right. Last one is Jared Kelenic. And I bring him up because he's one of those prospects and we see it all the time right like a overly hyped prospect people are excited to see him and when they get called up he just doesn't perform in his first month or two of their mlb debut and we just heard kellink just got demoted i guess back to uh the minors uh, to work on a swing and no doubt he's going to be called out later on in the season right but so what are you doing with a guy like jared kellink or a top prospect like him i personally don't own any kellink but I would if I, I haven't checked prices recently, but if you're if you're down, I would hold because there is hope. But um, I mean, if you're up, I, I would sell uh, because I think you're going to be able to get his prices, you know, it, it, given that, you know, he he doesn't do anything ridiculous in the next, you know, six months coming back and, you know, figuring things out. But it's a tough game. Like I said, it's it, like we're and that, that's the most difficult part is you know prospecting that that's a whole different game and that's part of the reason why you know like a lot of people ask yeah why don't you have too many you know prospect cards it's like well i don't i mean it's a different game right so for me it's uh it's tough to kind of from an investment standpoint kind of go in on a player that uh i guess has no at bats like for me i would like to see kind of like that first year see how they go even second year you see a guy like keston hira right had Mm -hmm. a phenomenal uh freshman year and then you know he he can't you know he he's hitting with a wet newspaper right like (laughs) sorry (laughs) 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 i don't know if you guys get that reference but it's it's used 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 in the baseball term uh terminology but that's exactly what it is right it's (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, you just—he's just struggling right now, and um, and it takes a lot to stay in the big leagues, you know. And it's not an easy feat. So for me to be investing in, um, you know, someone like Kellenic, uh, yeah, he has upside. He has a lot of upside, but you know, so does a lot of people and look uh, other people in the big leagues that have been producing results uh, with the same kind of tool set, right? You look at a guy like Cody Bellinger. Mm-hmm. It's like, how do you make sense of? uh Kalanick being a, a similar price to I, I don't know if if I'm right on this but I would imagine they're they're not going to be too far off because Bellinger's yeah. prices are down right so it's like right. someone who's you know hit 47 home runs in the big leagues and you know uh had a monster season and a bright upside of five to a player you know uh can't hold that price what does that tell you hmm. for the future of you know that potential card right just, that's just kind of like a perspective not saying you know, one way or the other. But if you're selling, I would sell. <laughs> well, you've played pro ball before. Like, do you think compared to other sports, do you think being a rookie in MLB is significantly more difficult to make it to establish yourself? It, or it will always be the easy part, and it's it. I say easy, but it's not easy. Is making the big leagues. Staying in the big leagues is actually the hard part. You ask every single big league, every veteran. Everybody who's played at that level and they'll tell you the same thing. It's like making the big leagues was the easy part. And that's a small fraction of a percentage of, you know, people who play baseball, let alone, you know, people who get to stay because you have a 25 man roster, right? Right, I mean, that's not, and then your 40 man rosters, you're deep. So, I mean, there's 
there's not too many roster spots. So sure. yeah, but the the I th- I think uh, a lot of people struggle their second year uh, because they they're not foreign anymore, right? They've had a full right. season now. Pitchers could actually see video and have uh, advanced scouting reports on people, and that's exactly what happens to people like Kesson Hira is you start exposing kind of like their weaknesses and you stick with their mm-hmm. weakness. These guys are the best at the highest level, right? So they're able to repeat, you know, pitches consistently and be able to, you know, throw a slider on on the inside back foot, you know? Uh, right. So, like, to me... You know, it's it's tough uh, from an investment standpoint. I look at it in in that aspect, and I say, you know, it's it's a tough game. You know, if that's why I say collect what you love, and you can't go wrong <laughs> because if if you if you're trying to guess on somebody's career, yeah. and you're thinking that you're gonna get rich off this, it's a bad recipe for disaster. Um, yeah, you know, and that's another reason why I do like the more kind of like goat type players because you you could you could never go wrong with them right so i don't i don't know enough you know i'm, I'm not into any baseball scouting i'll i'll you know default to, to hyung on baseball scouting i if you talk hockey prospects i can talk hockey pro- prospects but not <laughs> baseball i don't know know enough about kalenic but if you are somebody who believes in kalenic believes in the talent mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm going to say he's a buy. And I say that because Series 2 is about to come out. Uh, the market is uh, the market is on a downturn. Uh, he, him, the player, just got sent down. So this could be actually a good opportunity to buy into some numbered parallel flagship of Kalenic. Could be. I don't know the pricing yet. Obviously, we'll, we'll, we'll right. see. But I, I'm going to... with If you're a Kalenic believer... I will. I could. I'm gonna say this could be a buy. Yeah, I could see both points for sure. When I think about Kalanick, I always think that, and I'm not comparing it to Mike Trout, but Mike Trout had a bad first half season when he came into the big for leagues, sure. right? Yeah. And then you know, then he turned it up, and he he had that prospect pedigree. So, and Kalanick has certainly has that hype behind him, and he's, you know, on everyone's top five, top ten scouting report coming up. So. Obviously, not everyone's going to hit MLB pitching right off the bat. It takes a time of adjustment. And for Kalanick, it's only been a month. I think there's still potential there. I guess what it comes down to is how low does his card value go. So if, for example, if it goes down to, like, I think the last BGS 9.5 Bowman Chrome Rookie Auto sold for about 650 If it goes down to four or 500 I might be interested just to kind of, yeah. you know, buy a couple, right? But... For every Mike Trout, there's a Kevin Moss. Or <laughs> Some, somebody was throwing that name, Kevin Moss, on the forums on Blowout forums. Shout out to Blowout forums. Nostalgic. They're yeah. saying they're co- trying to compare Juan Soto with Kevin Moss. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> offside. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I get it. Like Kevin Moss was a big time problem. I remember, you know, I remember his upper deck. His, his rookie card, right? right? Yeah. Like, that was a big pull. But, um, but yeah, that Todd was Todd Van Poppel. <laughs> Todd Van Poppel. There you go. <laughs> Love it. Awesome. All right. We'll go on to our last segment of this podcast, and it's a new one that we're going to introduce. We're calling it Pick One. And in this segment, I'm going to throw out two names, and you decide which one would you rather invest in or which one would you rather buy. So first one, let's go to the NBA. Trey Young. Versus Jason Tatum. Oh. And we talked about this last Oof, episode. That's tough. 
I know where Johnny stands. So Johnny, why don't you start? I am. Uh, I'm a collector first and foremost, so I like collecting who I like, mm-hmm. and I like. You know, you can't really go wrong here, but I like Jason Tatum. I like I like his killer instinct. I like the type of player he is. I think the type of player he is is going to win championships mm-hmm. soon. Uh, I, I like Tatum, but I mean, you know, Trey is proving this playoff. I think that's the one thing that was kind of missing in Trey is he's on a losing team. People don't know how he's going to perform in playoffs. They don't know if he's a winner, and he's starting to show it. So I think... Yeah, I could see a lot of people picking picking Trey over Tatum right now, but I, I'm I'm Tatum. Okay. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm going. This is tough for me because I am a Trey Young fan, um, but I do like Jason Tatum. But I will I will say this: I like shopping for Trey Young cards better because Tatum cards mm. are boring, in my opinion. So if it's like, right. like, because I I I think. Trey's select is amazing. Like his concourse base. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Is, is is a beautiful card. The parallels are cheap. They're beautiful. Right, I love his right. prism. I think his prism is a fantastic card too. I don't love Tatum's uh, uh, select. Like right. I think they did a horrible job with select. And everybody can agree that 2018 is when they started really picking it up with select in terms of the design. Right. So for yeah, me, for it's sure. like I like I like Tatum. I just don't love his cards. So it's mm-hmm. like, I, I like shopping for Trey. I think his prices are cheaper right now. So I think Trey's the better buy. And I'm going to agree. That's a great yeah, point. I'm going to agree with Young. I'm going with Trey. I, I'm kind of the opposite. I like Trey Young as a player better because he's got the swag. He's more exciting. And Atlanta Hawks are going all the way this year. Clark's drinking that Kool-Aid. Damn! I want to see if you guys. I want to see if you guys got a reaction out of that. But hey, hey, they beat the Sixers game one. Come on! Yeah, yeah. All right, our next pick one. This is tough. I think Ronald Acuna Jr. or Fernando Tatis Jr. I already knew this. Oh damn! This is this is gonna kill me because this is Junior. Are you going with? Oh man! I'm going with Fernando Tatis Jr. Here's why. Um, What? I know it's crazy because I'm a huge Acuna (laughs) fan. Like I'm the biggest Acuna Acuna fan. The only reason is because Tatis speaks English. Seriously, Mm. it's like it's important to be um, the face of baseball, you got to speak English. And that's one thing Ronnie was lacking. And I think he's starting yeah. to pick that up. I, cause I believe that he's, he's speaking, doing more interviews in English and stuff mm-hmm. because he realizes contracts do matter, you know, and you know, little things like that do matter. But I'm saying Fernando Tatis, cause he has a father figure that, uh, that's been there, but not only that, he is generational talent plus, you know, a 300 plus million dollar mm-hmm. guy at 21 years old or whatever he is, 22, I think now. But yeah, yep. to me, he's the face of baseball. I'm unfortunately going to say Tatis, <laughs> but it hurts me to even wow. say that. But wow. And Johnny knows that. That's why he's saying, wow, he knows how much. Wow. He, he, he didn't think I was going to say that. But yeah, I'm a Tatis right now. Yeah. yeah. Those shocking. are good reasons. What about you, Johnny? Man, if you pre- present Acuna and Tatis, it's literally those small, minor things yeah. that's going to make the difference in who sure. you pick. There's no wrong here. I, I picked Tatis because I personally like... He's one of my favorite players currently to mm-hmm. watch. So I, that's the only reason I picked Tatis. But in terms of talent, swag, tools, yeah. these guys are like... These guys are the next 
you know monster i mean they're already proving it in in year what is it year three like these guys are absolute monsters yeah, so yeah for sure i i, I it's it's tatis by hair and it's only because I, I he's one of my favorites fair enough i'm gonna buck the trend i'm going acuna because for all those reasons you mentioned johnny like when it's that close they all have talent swag all the things i love in a baseball player the deciding factor for me is i think acuna is less likely to get injured Right. playing baseball and we've already seen Tatis goes all out and Acuna goes all out too but Tatis really goes all out with the swing and everything that yeah. he does and I I'm nervous man I'm, you know Tatis signed that mega contract and I think Acuna signed like the year before yeah and it wasn't you got yeah it wasn't I think, great I think he's got something to play for so Acuna <laughs> all the way yeah from an investment standpoint I will admit though I I, I feel like a if if these both these players end up being neck and neck mm-hmm. like into the hall of fame like career tra- trajectory i think Acuna is the better one because uh Hyung mentioned this like a, a billion times but the bat down that image is going to become one of the most iconic like modern see that. baseball cards yeah, i agree and and you know it's it's super limited it's only the the bat down and then you got the sapphire mm-hmm. right um so from an investment spent standpoint in, in collecting rookies man you that that bat down is 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 too monstrous iconic for sure all right yeah. Our last pick one challenge of uh, of today is, and we're going to go to soccer. Lionel Messi versus Cristiano Ronaldo. Who are you going with? Oh man, yeah, that's a that's also a tough. One. I'm going to go Ronaldo, um, only because you know he. I, I have no good reason to be honest. I have no good reason because <laughs> yeah. I I do I do like Messi too, but I think uh, Ronaldo is just the more marketable guy right so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah I, I got the boring answer here but i i Hyung took what i was gonna say um i'm, I'm gonna pick it's it's neck and neck I, I love both but just just following i mean i'm not a huge soccer guy but ronaldo's kind of on that same plane of like tatis where he's just got that the whole package uber yeah. marketability sure. yeah like the 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 looks the swag he's on social media like i i i, I pick Cristiano ronaldo i mean but it's yeah, and we're gonna go for a clean sweep here for this exact same reasons. Uh, Ronaldo, I think, has the most Instagram followers <laughs> in in the history of Instagram. That's crazy. No yeah. way. I Number one. That. My wife was asking the other day, who has the most followers on Instagram, and we looked it up. It's Cristiano Ronaldo. No way. That is yeah. crazy. So, What's it at? How many? How many followers does he? Oh know? man. Is it like check, but ten plus million? We're talking about imagine. more. It's probably it's got to be ten plus. Two hundred ninety-five million. <laughs> Ten million. Jeez. <laughs> oh, yeah. How is that even so, 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 so to me, yeah. Damn. You look at that. That's impacting a society. Like you look back, <laughs> right. you had you had some pull in society. If you're have two hundred ninety-five, that's like what's <laughs> that's ridiculous. <laughs> oh my god. And goodness. Messi has two hundred fifteen million. So you know he's oh, he's still got a size. It's neck and neck. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Jeez. But Ronaldo's number one on Instagram, and yeah, I just believe he's more marketable. But, you know, as a player, I love Messi. Like, even... Yeah. I like Messi more than Ronaldo. Just watching yeah. him play is amazing. All right. So that wraps up pick one. That actually wraps up our podcast. Um, we're looking to do this every week, publishing on Tuesdays. Sounds awesome. Hey, thanks for listening to Cards to the Moon. We'd really appreciate you subscribing to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. 
And you can also connect with each of us on Instagram at Five Card Guys, or you can follow Hyung at Integrity Sports Cards, or John at Trade You at Recess. You can also check us out at FiveCardGuys.com. Thanks again, and hope to connect soon.